You're listening to Just Asking with therapist Stephen Ng. It's a conversation on what we're all thinking about, but no one's talking about. Our sexuality and how to manage it intelligently. Hi, this is Stephen Ng, and I'm uh, talking to my friend Jackie on our podcast, Asking for a Friend. Hi, Jackie. Hi, how are you? I'm well. I understand you had something you wanted to ask about for a friend. You know what? Before I ask, I have to tell you about a conversation I had yesterday morning. Um, I was with my friend up at the lake, and she said to me, have you ever heard of this guy, Stephen Ng? I'm sure she didn't say Stephen King. She said Stephen Ng, and I said, I have heard of him. Why? (laughs) (laughs) And she said, I just watched his TED Talk about the magic sex number, and it changed my life. And I, and then she went on to tell me about how impressed she was with what that you said, and that she talked to her husband about it so they could discuss this this issue, something that had been troubling their marriage. And she just said that that hearing you talk really made her feel better about herself, and you know some of the things she's going through. And then I and I waited till she was all the way done before I told her how well I know you. <laughs> so it was just a really nice nice way to start the day. You know those kind of stories. Uh, speaking on behalf of everybody out there who's trying to do something different and talk about things that are hard to talk about, like sexuality, they're just so encouraging because really these these ideas are troubling to us in that echo chamber of our own brain. And then when we finally figure a few things out and we get to share them with the other people, a lot of times we're met with a real wah, wah, wah kind of <laughs> reaction. And uh, to feel like I put something out there, and I actually communicated with another human being. It's such a great feeling. Thank yeah, you for sharing. You're that. welcome. I I was very pleased. It was everything I could do not to just call you and tell you that minute, <laughs> but I was having too much fun visiting with my friends. Well, thanks for saving it for today. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is because um, I have talked to several, a lot of the younger people primarily that I that I work with. Um, but I think it's it affects all of us, and it's about um, they're asking about social media and how social media affects relationships. And so when they asked that question, I went and I did a little bit of research, and I and I saw this: um, social media has been linked to higher levels of loneliness, envy, anxiety, depression, narcissism, and decreased social skills. And looking at that, it, it has to be affecting our relationships, if that's well, if that's true. <laughs> yeah, and and, and the. That statistic uh, or those comments are in response to a correlation between uh, amount of social media consumed and the increase in horrible feelings. So the more I'm engaged in social media, the worse it is. Although we're not all, it's a little bit like, if you think about it, it's a little bit like the guy who drinks too much and he drinks because he's happy. And he drinks because he's sad. He drinks because the cat had kittens and because the cat did not have kittens. And while he's doing all that drinking and enjoying it in the moment, he's not realizing the terrible, devastating effect that it's having on his psyche and on his body and his overall health. Well, and I don't I don't think social media is as bad as all that. Oh, I, come on. <laughs> and, and, and maybe it is it is like drinking is moderation is key. Maybe. Uh, and I, I'm actually a big fan of social media. I just think it, you know, it has its uses and it has its limits. Well, it was interesting. Um, I think that one of one of the, you know, we've heard of FOMO, uh, fear of missing out. 
um, which is which is interesting. And one of the things that you you do sit there and, and see what people are sharing while you're sitting at home on a Saturday night watching TV. And it is like everybody in the whole world is having fun but you. And it is a little bit um, grating. But one of the another thing I read, it said, if you're comparing yourself to someone else's profile, aren't you discounting yourself? Anything that we share on our streams are things that we're either excited about or creating some popularity for yourself. So it's all about the likes. Are we supposed to applaud that you eat? Are we supposed to applaud that you are out? Are we supposed to applaud the hundredth selfie you took while you were out? Are we beginning to learn to relate to people for immediate gratification only? Well, and you said I was negative. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love social media for things like hashtag me too or meetups or some of the other ways in which social media connects people into in meaningful ways that are truly helpful. What I don't think it does very well is translate into the world of romantic relationships. And and that makes that and that's really challenging because it's darn good at porn. I mean when you <laughs> Well, social media, not social media. Well, the, you, the on, you need on a, You need to get on another. Okay, network. this is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about. But when we talk about relationships, you know that going back to ancient in, information back from the uh, Jurassic period, majority of human communication is nonverbal. So, and we've all had that experience of texting someone and being misunderstood because we were joking and they didn't know we were joking. They got offended, and then we had to spend some time cleaning that up. And it's the same way, really, with, I think, social media in that the words are on the screen, we're reading the words, and, and most of the time we're okay with them, but they really don't translate all of the personal, uh, what we therapists like to call affect, all of the feelings. You don't hear whether it's a note of sincerity or insincerity. You don't really know who this person is. Well, and that's the other thing is it, that you are presenting on a social media platform. You're presenting your highlights reel. Yeah. You know, I'm not sharing every single thing that happens in my life. I'm sharing the fun, exciting things that happen in my life. And so people who think that they know me through social media think that my whole life is like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watching somebody's uh, Instagram feed or their Twitter feed or any of these other things are clues to some of the ways in which they think, but they're not definitive. They're certainly not as definitive as a face-to-face -face meeting where I get to know someone personally, upfront, and in real time. Just as a side note real fast, I was thinking that a really good way to get to know somebody before, like say if you've already asked them out on you're getting ready for your first date, is to go look at their Pinterest. <laughs> That's scary. It, it is scary. But if you can go and see what kind of things they're interested in Pinterest, I think that it would be um, uh, probably more telling than Facebook or, or Instagram. Well, you know, I have, I have friends and colleagues who use all of these platforms and with great pleasure and, and sincere relish, and they find them very useful, and I'm, I'm all for that. For me, uh, I still think think there's an enormous amount of distraction there. So for me, in terms of really getting getting to know someone, it seems odd to me that we would go by somebody's social media uh, as whether or not we should hook up and maybe go out on a date like uh, Fish in the Sea or Grinder or Tinder or any of the other apps, uh, even the new one, uh, Hinge. 
those those apps can be helpful in terms of introducing people, but I think we all need to take a, a nice healthy dose of skepticism with all of that. And not skepticism for a couple of minutes, but skepticism to see, you know, over the long haul. Because the first time, well, let's face it, we all fall in love pretty easily. I mean, except for those people who can't fall in love at all. And if we're falling in love, a lot of times we leap immediately to that thinking error. Well, they'd be really good for me. I know I'd be really good for her. We should be a couple. We should probably move in. <laughs> and if for, for most of us, that thinking error is only dispelled over time. We need at least three or four months to after falling in love to sort things out. And that's not three or four months of following them on Facebook. Well, and that's um, and we t we've talked about this before when we talked about um, online dating is I know for me, I tend to I fill in like all the things I look at the the framework they've given me. And then I fill in all the other things. And so by the time I actually spend time with them, I have this complete, fully formed person in my brain who's usually very negligible connection to the actual person. <laughs> A fleeting kind of superficial connection to it's, the actual yeah, person. Yeah. It's sort of, to me, it's like hearing the voice of the author as you're reading the book, and then you actually hear the author speak and... It sounds nothing like what you had going in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So so I guess I the with social media you can get to know somebody that you might not otherwise and, and especially like with, with Facebook or you know, you might you might have somebody who you haven't met in person who maybe are four or five people removed, but you both like a common person's post. So you can kind of learn about them. And, and then maybe if you want to get to know more about them, ask them out. Yeah. You know, I can learn things about them, but I can't really learn about them is, is my big complaint. So I'm, I'm all for social media. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely stuck in my dotage. <laughs> and I, but I, I think, you know, as we get to where relationships are increasingly more intimate and we want them to be intimate, um, social media's place in that kind of intimacy would be like social media's place in sexual intimacy. It, it really isn't the real deal. Now, I know we can all have a sexy time on a telephone conversation, but even that is actually superior because you're hearing the tone of voice and the cadence and the timbre and all of that. Well, and you're only talking to each other. Right. That's the thing. It's it's interesting with social media when you will see people who are in a relationship, married, living together, have complete access to talk to one another, but they post on Facebook or Instagram how amazingly beautiful and in love they are. Like, who who's your audience there? Who are you trying to convince? Right. I had a, a client the other day who said that his girlfriend had posted something of that ilk on on uh, Facebook and he and then she texted him how did you like it you know what i posted and he didn't have time he was at work and so he didn't respond for for 3 or 4 hours well she took his non response i mean as rejection and right. disapproval and so she deleted it and he had never seen it so then she told him about it, and he said, oh, great. 
and then she put it back up again. So it was just that the potential for miscommunication, I think, is, you know, just so extreme in, in social media when we're talking about intimate relationships. And the weird thing, and I know this drives truly old people crazy, is that you'll be sitting in your home, your niece and nephew have come to visit you, but they're not talking to each other. They text each other from opposite sides of the couch. And nowadays, when I go out walking uh, or even to a restaurant, instead of conversing, everybody's got their head buried in their device. Well, and, and even on that is a lot of times it seems like, and I, and I did see some of that in these articles as well, when you're deciding what to do, um, it's based, sometimes it's based on the pictures you can take when you're there that you can post on social media for the likes. Right. I, and I, and I, I've never actually seen someone do this, but I wonder if people will choose food in a restaurant based on how attractive it is. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I suppose it's that, that disruption in what in the uh, Victorian era they called social intercourse. I know that sounds very suggestive. But social intercourse is a way of communicating with each other in a way that's socially acceptable. And when I tell you, hold on, i got to take this call, or just a minute, I have to text somebody, or here, let me take a picture so I can post this, there's a disruption in that social intercourse. I mean, it's, and honestly, uh, if we if we were to compare it again to sexual intimacy, how important would you feel if somebody brought out their phone and said, no, I just want to take a selfie of our faces when we're really happy like this. It's just, you know, it's a little creepy. And I know that younger people may tend to do it more than older people. That doesn't make it less creepy. It's disruptive and it's creepy and it, it really is not a substitute for genuinely relating to each other. One of our biggest issues in life is the drive for feeling significant. And it's really something that all of us crave along with what Viktor Frankl called our need for meaning in our lives. How meaningful and how significant can an event be if I can't even get you to be there with me in the moment. So that's, that's my complaint. And, uh, well, and it's, it's interesting that because it's, you know, there's, um, the saying, if, if, if it's not posted on Facebook, it didn't happen. Right. I've heard that too. <laughs> this, this amazing, um, experience we just had didn't happen. And then, um, Facebook official, like, right. are they a boyfriend and girlfriend? Or are they just hanging out? Or well, once they change the status on Facebook, which is how Facebook started. Yeah, which is which is probably not even true anymore for young people who are leaving Facebook and going to Instagram and other places. But um, it is interesting. And I was telling one of my friends about somebody who we all found out that he and his wife were having problems when he changed his status to it's complicated, and that's how his family found out. That's how right. his family found his wife of twelve years that they were breaking up is wow. because he because he posted it's complicated on his Facebook feed. Yeah, and that's this other thing that's going on. And I don't want to, again, I, I want to emphasize, emphasize I, I think there's a place for social media, and I do think it's great for developing causes and, and for connecting with people who have similar interests. But when we're talking about the development of the adolescent mind and 
the young adult brain and all the social skills that go with it. It's not that social media is evil. It's that when I'm doing social media so much, what I'm not doing is practicing those vital social skills that help me to connect to other people. So that when I break up with my wife, I have to I have to do it online because I really don't have the skills to talk to her face to face, which is part of the reason we're breaking up. Well, and not even I mean, because I'm sure they talked, but but to call your family and tell them that your marriage is ending or, you know, actually have a, a conversation with people to explain what's going on, because if you post it on social media, then you don't have to answer questions if you don't want to. It's so effortless, and you don't have to explain any of the nuances and or how long has this been going on or any of that business, the details. You can just say it's complicated, and, and then and, you're sort of off the hook. And all relationships are complicated, so <laughs> yeah, that even yeah. that is kind of a cop-out. It is. It absolutely uh, is. So one of the other things, and I, and I thought this was interesting, and it had not occurred to me until I read about it, um, they, the no more – so in the past, when you broke up with somebody – then your relationship ended and then you didn't have to see them anymore. It was over unless you had kids. And right. But now if you're um, Facebook friends or Instagram followers, or even if you're not, even if you break that, when you break up, you have mutual friends. And so you always know what's going on in their life or they know what's going on. And then it's, you're putting on a whole new show for them too. Right. See how happy I am now that I've left you? Yeah. And I'm so much happier in my new marriage than I was in my see old marriage. See how handsome my boyfriend is. Yeah. Or see. <laughs> and all of that. It's just, there's just so much posturing and, and, and so much fakery that it's really hard to get a feeling for who people really are. Oh, you just reminded me of something. One other thing before we change this subject. Um, have you heard of sliding into the DMs? Yes. But I think you should tell everybody what that means. So you are commenting on someone's social post, um, telling them how much you like it or whatever it is, and then you take that as an opportunity to private to direct message them. Right. And sometimes, completely inappropriately, a young woman was telling me, um, and she's she's very pretty, and she was telling me about how she was con- she was posting about her grandmother's funeral, mm-hmm. and this guy took that as an opportunity to slide into her DMs and ask her out. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. A funeral date. Sure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while you're grieving and your eyes are filled with tears, uh, it's an appropriate time to build a new romance. Yeah, that kind of um, that's that's really an example of what I was talking about before with social intercourse and the skills required to have a, a good social connection with someone is that that sort of thing wouldn't happen in a normal conversation. You might see it in that movie Wedding Crashers. <laughs> My grandmother just died and she's crying. And Will you want me to come with you? <laughs> in that creepy way. Um, yeah, that, that might happen in a comedy. But in real life, people don't talk that way because they know it's inappropriate. They have a feeling for it. It's, and and it's, it comes out of our st- sense of empathy. So that seems like good guidelines right there uh, for all of this because we, you know, we have to have a bottom line is if you wouldn't do it in real life, if it would be inappropriate for you to do in real life, then probably don't do it on on the internet. Well, you know, I want to go even farther. I just encourage people to use Facebook for what it's really good for and to remember if you really want to have relationships with your friends, your closest friends, your potential lovers, your, your family, 
don't be expecting Facebook to do the job for you. I mean, that's really on you. Well, look how smart you are. We should just we should just end this with that line, except for that I had to talk and ruin it. <laughs> You've been listening to Asking for a Friend with Stephen Ng and his friend Jackie. And if you would like to get in on the conversation by asking one of us uh, a question that you'd like, well, probably Jackie to, to ask, go ahead and tweet us at... Oh, come on. You still can't do this. I cannot do this for the life of me. And I tried to set you up for such a smooth transition. If, if you have a question for Stephen, tweet us at Stephen Ng MFT.